Hello everyone. Well, it's another episode of the Awesome Village, and, and kind of before we get started and introduce ourselves, um, it's been 10 years since 2010. We're going into 2020. Can you believe that? Yeah, and that that's uh, this New Year's is about to happen, so this is Greg. John. Glenn. Ryan. And what we're going to do here today is just kind of a short episode talking to you about over the past 10 years, a lot of movies have come out, would have been not necessarily the best, but our favorites of the past if 10 years. If they're our favorites, then they're the best. They're the best to us. Right. We're not wrong. They're the best around. Nothing's going to ever keep these movies down. So um, what we're going to do is kind of some rules we have to establish. (coughs) We're each going to go through. My list is not necessarily in a particular order. Um, Well, that sounds wrong already. I know, but (laughs) we discussed this beforehand. So I I have like a number one is what I've kind of picked up, but... uh, yeah, I, I kind of don't ne- didn't necessarily put these in any order, so we're going to kind of go through. Now, one of the things that's going to happen is we have not seen each other's lists, so well, except for Ryan trying to cheat off of mine. But uh, what we're going to do is actually go around, and, and if someone says a movie that's on someone else's list higher up, um, then we're just going to say the word filibuster. Filibuster. And then we'll table it, we'll discuss it. Right, that way we can all talk about it at the same time. Yeah. We're not talking about the same movie multiple mm. times. Right. So who would like to start? I'll start, um, and this was this was a hard list to come out. It to was because I, I had fifteen on it. I, I started out. I started out just going through each year the list of movies and just writing down the few that I thought might make it. And by the time I got through the decade, I had fifty, and then I had to just go down and narrow it down. But anyway, <coughs> some of these kind of could went gone either way. But I mean, this, do you want to mention any honorable mentions? Um, no, I'm not going to worry about the honorable okay. mentions. Maybe at the end, if, if they I mean, don't mention so, it all, then maybe I'll say them at the end. Yeah, okay. But um, so the number ten movie that I've got on my list is Baby Driver, 2017. Ooh, good one. That was actually my eleven. Wow. Yeah. You know. So it didn't make my list. Didn't make your list. Great movie. Great movie. It was. Yeah, go for it. It was just. I, I don't know. I didn't really know what to expect of it when I saw it. I mean, I saw the, the you know the trailer. It just looked like it was some kind of heist movie. Um, and this kid, you know, is a is a getaway driver. But I mean, just the way they just incorporated all the music and the the idea that he had this this tinnitus where he just had this ringing in his ear, so he had to have some music playing in his ears all the time to help him concentrate. And just the the way the music worked with the movie, and it was just such a fun movie with so many like good, interesting characters. <coughs> that cast. The was cast was great. John Hamm. Yeah. Played by Baby. Anyway, that one. That might be one of the coolest movies yeah, of the decade. Yeah. Right. Okay, so I guess I'll go next. Um, my number 10 is one from 2013 called The Conjuring. Still haven't seen it. Really? Seen very good movie. Yeah. I saw that very recently, and it is a very good movie. Because I, 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 I try I tried to incorporate different genres on here, and, and I'm thinking if you're talk, if you know, way in the future when you're looking at the teens, I mean, I, I, can't, I can't imagine them not bringing up this very successful shared universe that was started yeah. by a very terrifying movie by James Wan called The Conjuring. I remember the first time I saw it. I didn't see it at the theaters. I saw it. It was Halloween. I noticed it was on HBO. And after I watched it, like, I had to leave my house. It it, it freaked me out. And, you know, then you aren't, got... Aren't they making another one now? Patrick Wilson and... Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the, the third one, yeah. Third, third. Yeah. Well, because they got the spin-off it's one, right? Spin-off, the Annabelle... Conjuring, right? Yeah, yeah, it's Conjuring, Conjuring 2, and... I think the third one's the conjuring the devil made me do it i think is the name of it okay. but you've also had three annabelles a nun and yeah. all i mean it all stemmed from from this one movie so that's why i had to include the conjuring on mine 
Um, so number ten on my list, I put uh, I put a Star Is Born. Hmm. Filibuster. Ooh. So since we're not going to talk about it yet, I just want to say that I feel like this list. It, it is the end of the decade, but there's movies that came out this year. I feel like we needed time to let them simmer. Yeah. Like Marriage Story was one that, and, and you know, I, I don't, and I had a few movies that were on there, but I, when my final list, I don't have anything from 2019. I don't know if I do either. I, I do. Okay, well, I, and I had an honorable mention. Okay, well, let's move. I got on a then. couple honorable mentions, and maybe we'll talk about it at the end. Since we're, uh, <laughs> we're filibustering. Um, my number ten is Before Midnight. Which is the final of the Before trilogy. I still haven't seen it. I loved I the first one, and I very much enjoyed the second one. <clears throat> These movies, this is kind of like, I love this more. This series more than Boyhood. And I guess it just speaks yeah. to me a little bit differently. Boyhood is, is the same kind of concept, though. So the first movie, Before Sunrise, it's these two young people meeting. And then in real time, nine years later, they run into each other again. And then this is 18 years we've been with these two characters. And you get to see this kind of all unfold in real yeah. time. And someone pointed out in a review that I read about it is that it's like the first two are kind of like this this the first one's like a dream this idealistic type thing, and then there's the like chance serendipitous meeting, and then this is more like you know the reality of how do you live with someone. Yeah. And there's a couple of things in the movie that kind of pointed out, and it's like Ethan Hawke saying like this is it, this is the real thing, and it's not perfect, but you know, do you do this with me? Yeah. And it's a it's a re- these are a really good series of movies, and and I was so happy to have this come out. I actually had a fight uh, very hard to find it because it didn't come in theaters and I wound up having to get the whole Blu-ray set so I was very pleased to see this. Okay. Excellent. Alright, so now we're down to number nine. Number nine. We didn't have to wait too long. My number nine is A Star is Born. Okay, okay so now we talk about it. You can go ahead and you can talk about it. You uh, want to say I, it first? I just, uh, I was just enthralled by this movie. I don't know. I just was blown away by Bradley Cooper's directorial debut, Lady Gaga. Um, I love the one of the things I really liked about it was that it didn't fall for the typical genre things where like he wasn't jealous of her success. You know what I mean? Like it, it could have easily went the route of saying that you know that was what really was a problem for them, but he actually was encouraging her and supporting her career. Yeah. And uh, I just thought that their their chemistry was just awesome. It was really good. Yeah, and I mean, very again, good. I'm I'm very much for me like music has a big part yeah. in movies and I mean this one is another one like I mentioned in Baby Driver and that's one of the reasons why I love Cameron Crowe's movies so much because he's always got really good soundtracks And but I mean yeah The Stars One I mean, this, it was all original music all original music yeah I mean it was it was all just very very good original music well performed <coughs> I mean this is what Bradley Cooper's directorial debut right? yeah and I mean yeah it, it's, it's unfair for someone to be as talented and as attractive as that it man it is agreed and so my number nine is Whiplash, twenty fourteen. Ooh, never saw it. Oh, it's you've never seen Whiplash. That that would definitely be an honorable mention on my list. Okay, uh, this movie was one that blew me away. I remember when I first sort of heard about it. I was talking to Sandra, who's a teacher, and I'm like, I hear there's this movie coming out about a music teacher that you know torments this student, and I guess I did a very poor job of explaining the movie to her, and she just didn't want to see it. And eventually, when I, it just everything about this movie blew me away. Miles Teller and J.K. Simmons, who won the Oscar for it, and um, I mean, I remember seeing it in this Damien Chazelle. I'm like, this guy is posed for greatness just because it's such a simple story. But to tell the story about this, it, that shows the power of performance, right? And, and how because the whole ending of that movie, you're just connected to both of their stairs, right? But I mean, they had little. Like very powerful supporting performances, like from Melissa Benoist, and like the ones that Paul Reiser. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's just 
I, it was damn near perfect. And I mean, and everybody talks about J.K. Simmons, which he was amazing in this movie. But I mean, Miles Teller. This is when I first, the first thing I saw him in that I was like, man, this dude is a really good actor. Yeah. Before he's, you know, he was in what the the detergent series, or whatever they. Yeah. yeah, and he was in the remake of Footloose. Was he? He he played the Chris Penn part. Oh, okay. Gotcha. But I mean, it was he. I mean. Miles Teller is very good. At yeah, this movie. if you haven't seen this movie and and you doubt and all you experience of Miles Teller is the detergent series and fan four stick. Yeah, this will show you that this guy can act. Yeah. So for my number nine, I picked a movie that I really didn't think would ever make a top ten list. I picked Edge of Tomorrow. Ooh. That was an honorable mention on mine. I was so I can't. Rec- there are movies that stick with you just because of expectations. Like, I didn't expect it to be a terrible movie, but it just blew my expectations out the water. I thought that movie was fantastic. And every time I flip the channels and it's on, I watch it. And I thought Tom Cruise, it was one of his better performances. Um, he was surprisingly funny in it. Yes. Yeah. And, um, the great Bill Paxton. That's right. Yeah. God, um, God rest. I just, uh, everything about I mean, the movie. Yeah. In terms of direction, too, that must have been a nightmare, kind of like Groundhog Day, in terms of like Editing how do you plan and it and edit yeah. and direct, yeah. And also, I mean, Emily Blunt was just so oh, such God. a badass action hero. She's hot. <laughs> uh, number nine for me is Django Unchained. Filibuster. <laughs> Excellent. All right. So now we go to number eight. All right. On my, num- my list, uh, I got The Social Network. Filibuster. All right. <laughs> So my number eight, it's Grand Budapest Hotel. Filibuster. Okay. Uh, my number eight is Inception. Filibuster. Uh, my number eight is Man of Steel. Good for you. That that, that I was that was that was my number thirteen. Oh wait, no, that was my number twelve. I I really like Man of Steel. That was not, that was my number twelve. The the thing for me about this too is that again, this is a, a thing we're coming off of Superman Returns, which was universally panned by a lot of people for what it is. And one of the things that people always say is that you know, oh, in, in Superman Returns, he never throws a punch, which Christopher Reeve never threw a punch either. And then you get this movie where it's like we're gonna do you know show your version of Superman. And it kind of, a lot of people were like, oh, cool, this is what we've been waiting for. And a lot of people were like, no, that's not my Superman. And I just think that it kind of, it, it did like kind of a, a Dark Knight, not Dark Knight, uh, Batman Begins kind of thing for Superman. And I really, really liked the, that take. And I love Cavill as Superman. Yeah. And, and I don't think many people, like, I love this movie. Like I said, it was, in my, it was my number 12 on my list. But um, the whole opening on Krypton could that have been a science fiction great. movie in you, itself. Yeah, I, I could have watched an entire movie set on Krypton. My only complaint about it, and it's a small thing. I felt like the end battle went a little long. I, I could agree with that. I mean, yeah, it's a small thing. Like when, like when he goes down and he he needs to fight the the, the ship and everything. Yeah, like, yeah, like, I, I a like too many action they beats. They could have edited and tightened that a little bit. But other than that, like like that, the part of Krypton I thought was fantastic. We got your boy Michael Shannon, yeah. General Zod. Oh, son of a bitch. He will find him. He will find all of us. But no, I, I'm I, no, I agree with you. I mean, I thought it was a very interesting way to. <laughs> make Superman kind of how it would realistically be you know everything with Pa Kent telling him not to you know let people die don't reveal yourself yeah. I mean it's very it was very ballsy a lot of controversial stuff that was pulled from the comics too that people you haven't read the source material clearly yeah so. alright so seven seven my number seven movie is The Descendants ooh very good one good one that anybody got that no, no. yeah I mean um 
George Clooney, uh, one of his best performances. I mean, I, I feel like he should have got an Oscar for this this movie. Um, I mean, the, just the range. I mean, because it's it's a lot of it's got a lot of comedic stuff in it, and he's got good comic timing in it, and then the stuff that's the dramatic stuff. I mean, the scene with his with his wife in the hospital at the end. I mean, I mean, you're right because I mean, I mean, if you were just to explain the plot of that, it sounds so dark and yeah. like. Like it, a hallmark thing yeah. almost, but but it's and it's got a whole bunch of like little kind of like side plot things that are not super important to the story, but make it really interesting. Like the whole thing that how he's a he's a descendant of of what is it, King Kamehameha? Kamehameha, all right. And uh, and so they've they've his whole family's got like this big this trust for all this land in Hawaii, and uh, that's a lot of the, the kind of a thing that he's dealing with while his wife is in this coma. You know, I've never seen this movie. The descendants really. Yeah. Yeah. And it was the first thing I ever saw Shailene Woodley in it, and I was like, and she kind of blew me away. And I was like, and the just, Bo Bridges, Bo Bridges, it's not one of those. I mean, no reason. I just, it, I just never could see it. I don't know. I can't explain. And, um, Judy Greer is very good in it. Yes, yeah, she is. Judy Greer is it. Matthew Lillard is in it, and he's surprisingly he's very, very good, good in yeah. it. it. Couldn't be better than Wing Commander. Well, I don't know. But Baby Jesus. Anyway, so, but yeah, excellent pick. And who's, and, um, and who's it? Director, um, oh, Robert Forster. No, no, well, Robert Forster's in it, but who? who Alexander Payne. Alexander Payne, yeah, Alexander Payne. That sideways guy? Yeah. Yeah. So, number seven? <laughs> yeah. Hell or High Water? Another oh, one I never saw. Another one I always wanted to see, I never saw. I don't watch these as many ones that I'm in, like, I should have put this on my list. Because Hell or High Water. That's why this list is perfect, yeah. because I think there's going to be a bunch yeah. of movies we don't have. So, I have Hell or High Water as number seven of the decade. When you talk about a perfect movie, like a perfect screenplay, this I it, this is almost at the top. I mean, there's fun. Weekend at Bernie's. Well, two. <laughs> <laughs> he, he said almost at the top. Yeah. Oh, and of almost, the decade, right? yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, weekend. It's not this decade. Good point. All the Police Academy movies, not yeah. this decade. Um, but hell, hell, I mean, you get a movie star like Chris Pine to really kind of muck himself up and make himself so dirty and like like I could believe seeing this guy walking around but then you have like the whole thing with Jeff Bridges <laughs> yeah. and his how partner. and his partner how believable it is the way that they kind of you know mess with each other and it's how how like funny a, it could be a modern day like Dillinger where you can kind of see why someone empathizes with the bad guy to a degree right but and and it's kind of indicative of what was kind of going on in the country in 2016 yeah. Um, or a certain <laughs> mindset, but I mean, it was just. And you can correct me if, I mean, if you think differently, but I can't think of a, a movie with Ben uh, Foster. Ben Foster, where he doesn't just like steal every scene he's in, oh, and he's good. not like a big movie star. He's not. He's not. He should be though. Right, but like I said, I just this movie blew me away. The year it came out, and I mean, I had to. Like I said, I put it as number seven, just because. Uh, like I said, damn near perfect. Uh, my number seven, um, I feel, <laughs> is everything what Hollywood could be. When you put big star power, big director, big special effects, put it all together, this is the kind of magic Hollywood is capable of. And for my number seven, I picked The Martian. Oh, Good one. God damn it, how did I leave that off my list? I, I just, it, was, it was up there, but I didn't I, know I just feel like that movie is just top to bottom, the acting. And it's, it's also... A, Great representation of when and you take a book and turn it... And it's, and, and it's also the perfect comedy. And it, <laughs> <laughs> or musical. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't. Also, like, the, their choice of casting was so good. Like, mm-hmm. um, I feel like uh, Jeff Daniels... Maybe if you told just some everyday guy, Jeff Daniels is going to be the head of NASA for this movie. doesn't really sound right. But when you see him in that role in this movie, great. he's fantastic. 
And Matt Damon is one of the few people who could carry a movie like this. I just and like I, a lot of little roles, Mackenzie Davis, Donald hmm. Glover. Oh yeah, and like and yeah. yeah, they have very little dialogue, but it's well done. Yeah. I mean, I, I love this movie. I was blown even away. Kristen Wiig. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, my number seven is Spider Man Into the Spider Verse. Oh, now that's the one I wish I had on my list. Yeah, I yeah. mean, like, you know, for me, comic book movies are a big thing, but like this one, again, I, I would universally, I think we would kind of, some of us would agree that. It's my favorite Spider-Man movie. Uh, people yell at me when I say that, but I... Who yells I, at you? Like, people who think it should be a live-action movie. And I'm like, it who, doesn't who, matter. Who, give me a name. <laughs> I mean, Call them out on the podcast yeah. right now. I mean, it's, it's nothing against any of the people that have ever... Right. The reason why I love movie, this movie just, so much, it was it was so unpredictable, because it's like, it's something we haven't seen to their before. house tonight, working out like a couple of gentlemen. That's right. Yeah, I mean, it's it, exactly <laughs> what you said, but also, like... They take a very complex subject and make it so easy to digest in this one film, yeah. and it really it left you wanting more. Well, not to mention just for an animated movie, the way that they animated it was, was, yeah. it was amazing the way that looking. the way that they it's like a comic book. Broadcast. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's very very unique. So good, good, good. Plus, anything with an original Post Malone song, I'm in. Yeah. There's your title right there. Alright, so we're on six. This is six. Six is good. Alright, I got 2012's Silver Linings Playbook. Filibuster. Oh, okay. Alright. Moving on. Grab your snacks and homemade. <laughs> so this is six. Alexander Payne makes it again. I have Nebraska. Ooh, I don't good. even know what that is. It's state. 2013 stars <laughs> Will Forte and Bruce Dern. Oh, where he brings that guy across the his, it's a, yeah, his, his, yeah. yeah, his, his fault, his yeah. Bruce Dern plays this this older man. It's a uh, kind movie. Yeah. He, I'm shocked it's so high on your list. I mean, I've heard it was oh, good. No, it, that's a really good really? movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's yes. You have seen it? No. I'm All right. So yeah, Bruce Dern plays this older guy. He it doesn't they don't really say if he has dementia or Alzheimer's or what, but he gets the thing in the mail that from Publishers Clearinghouse that he may have won a million dollars. And he's convinced he needs to go to Nebraska to pick up his money. And um, Will Forte is kind of his, I don't want to say loser, but he like works at a Best Buy. And he just got out of a relationship. And he decides, well, I want to spend some time with my dad. I'm going to drive him. And it's just a very simple movie that explores this family. And it's just the, the black and white was just very, mm-hmm. I mean, it worked so well. The performances were amazing. It was funny. It was heartfelt. Like I just Squibb as his mom was hilarious. Yeah, she stole so many scenes in it. Bob Odenkirk as his brother was just perfect. (laughs) Like this is another one. Like home run in my my opinion. Uh, My number six is I guess sort of in the same vein of Nebraska. I went with John Wick. (laughs) Very similar film. Could be could be could be a shared universe. Um, This is another movie where I expected it to be good, but. I remember watching it the first time with a big smile on my face. Just, it, it, I could feel they were creating movie magic, something that yeah. was going to turn into something. And this really was the one that started the Keanu. Yeah, songs. was it? Did you and I go see that together? Yes, we did. Glenn, I remember Glenn and I went and saw it together. And when it ended, we were both kind of quiet. I just kind of looked at him. I was like, "Was it just me? Or was that <laughs> awesome? Like from start to finish?" You're like, yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, it felt like the perfect movie for Keanu to play. So just like a celebration of like almost like nineties. And I, I think and it was it was like a, we went and saw it like on a night when we were just like oh we got nothing to do. let's go watch you know Keanu Reeves is gonna shoot right. a bunch of people or whatever yeah it'll be fun easy people like to movie. well up until recently people like to fuck with Keanu's acting ability the scene when he gets that dog delivered to him and he's reading the notes don't don't don't, 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 hey, 
Don't don't bring that up. Yeah, that that is just his acting in that scene is just don't bring heartbreaking. don't bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. So yeah, John Wick. Me stood weak. My number six is a little movie called Inception. Filibuster. Filibuster. All right. Oh wait, no, that was already online. It's already been filibustered. Well, I already we, filibustered it. We so filibustered it again. Um, so my number five, Django Unchained. Ah, so we can talk about Django Unchained. You go ahead. You. you. <clears throat> um. So this for me, like I, you love Tarantino movies mm-hmm. and, and and whatnot. I almost put Inglorious Bastards on here. Well, that's not this decade. Well, there you Are go. You, it wasn't. Uh, it was. It was like two thousand. It's two thousand nine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I almost put that on the list. Well, you'd be but wrong. Basically, Christoph Waltz. <laughs> we get introduced to him in, in you know, Inglorious Bastards, but I really think like his character in this one might be better. My, uh, yeah, his performance. Because we were be introduced better. to him as this really good bad guy. Well, you yeah. know what it was. At least in terms of expectation, people talked about DiCaprio was going to be the one to, you know, really like take off with this role, but it was Christoph Waltz's performance that stole the movie. Mm-hmm. And to me, Samuel L. Jackson. Also. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's another reason too. Friend Steven is one. Of, like, like this, this entire film is so expertly put together, and for, to be as long as this this movie is, there's never a moment of it where you're not completely yeah. interested in it, and you don't, you don't sort of feel like there's a believability to the fact that you'd have this this bounty hunter, uh, you know, who, who's a former like he, it, everything about this world building is, is phenomenal. Yeah, up until the end, just. Great film. Yeah, cool. I like the way you including die, ball. Right. Including the end, yeah. yes, yes. Okay. Up to including the <laughs> yeah. end. The fives. All right. Five. Five, five, five for you. Mama Django, and but he talked about it because he had mentioned okay. it before. That's right. So number five for me is Silver Linings Playbook. Okay. So Bradley Cooper strikes again. Yes, he does. Um, this is another really good book and a good adaptation. I, I, this is another one. I just this is one of the um, criteria I had on mine was rewatchability and this is one I could throw on whenever mm-hmm. and watch it you know honestly that's kind of one of the things that I said about several of these movies is being able to watch it again and yeah I, I think that I, that's a, one of the criteria I did personally I when think I that's why our lists are different like I think mo- we have some movies that are similar but mm-hmm. I think everybody has their own movies that they find is more watchable than right. those, like over and over again but I mean, this whole thing, Bradley Cooper, you know, and this the way that David O. Russell tackles mental illness, him, mm-hmm. Jennifer Lawrence, yeah, Robert De Niro in this movie was yeah. phenomenal. We've never really seen him do right. right. Yeah, I mean, like even like even like Chris Tucker's little funny role yeah. in it. I mean, I forgot he was in that. There were so many funny scenes, and then you would just turn and go directly into this heartfelt thing, and then it all culminates with this dance while the football game's going on. And it was just such a like a explosion of emotions. It's mm. a perfect balance of that, though. It, it puts the humor in, and it doesn't break up the, the, the serious moments of it, but they complement each other so well. Because like, that scene when they get the five at the dance competition, and, and they all start... excited, yeah. Yeah, I just remember, like, I was almost in tears, just because it was just such a... The emotions were building the whole time, and I mean, it was just such a fantastic motion picture. Uh, my number five is Zero Dark Thirty. It was it was a contender. I have that written down as an honorable mention. It was. Uh, I was watching it today. It was on the History Channel. It's another movie that, for some reason, I find so watchable. Like I, it hypnotizes me every time I come across it. Um, and that's another one too, where like the mechanics of it, like it, it's so well put together. Yeah, it, and that's the thing. Like it, I'd almost say it kind of it. Not that you're not interested in, in espionage, but like it takes something that you normally wouldn't have that deep of an interest in, and makes you very very like. Well, I would say, yeah, it, it makes you more interested in the, like, paperwork aspect of espionage, yeah, not yeah. the Jack Bauer aspect. Right, the, the, like the realism of it. Right. And, and, I mean, good call, because, I mean, even, like, the way that 
it's um kind of edited with the black screens with like trade craft and did, stuff like yeah. that the editor did a fantastic job and the director too like just the pacing of the movie it's it's a fairly long movie like two hours and 30 minutes I but it, say. it spans how many years and it's very like very i don't want to say it's fast paced but it's it's evenly paced enough to where like you are so interested in what's going to happen next you're not bored at all in, right. in this movie and jessica chastain has never been better no i agree Great. Um, my number five is a movie called Arctic. Wow, that's impressive. I, I like that movie a lot. I'm surprised it made one of our lists. Well, and I, the reason I say this is because when I was looking at the different ones, it, it's the fact that it's a movie that rests on the shoulders. It's a lot like this this decade's Castaway. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, you you see someone in a in a role like this where they're carrying the entire weight of it. There's literally nobody else in it. And to, to sit there and watch the entire movie and, and to, to go through it at the end of it go, man, I need to watch this again. Yeah, and I love the fact that for that role, it wasn't a major star. I mean, no. we, all, we all know who he is, but he wasn't like some big A-list Hollywood guy. He showed that if you can act, you can do something like this. And that's a really good movie. I think I think it's on Amazon, actually. If I you, believe so, yeah. yeah. All right, so number four? Top four. 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 Top all right, four. my number four is The Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, it should have been on here. Somewhere. It was. It was so, so close, close. So close, but didn't make my list. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's one of my two movies. Not to spoil anything, in the top four here that star Leonardo DiCaprio, and um, I don't know. I kind of didn't really know what to expect. This this doesn't seem like a typical Martin Scorsese movie. Absolutely not. And um, it's got a pretty pretty big cast. Him and I mean Leonardo DiCaprio, Jonah Hill. It introduced uh, the wonder that is Margot Robbie. <laughs> so Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey, and I mean, it was just... Should we do it? start doing it? Oh. 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 <laughs> but it was almost just... Oh. It was almost... How absurd it got was just almost unbelievable, but I mean, it's... it's just think it all happened. It all happened. John Barenthal. <laughs> and it's just, it's funny, and it's like, it's funny in ways that... This isn't really funny, but it's I'm laughing because these idiots are doing this in front of my face in, yeah. in this movie, but it's scary that this happened in real life. And, and you know, it gets to the point where it's funny just because it's so absurd. Yeah. It's like, yeah. this is just completely ridiculous. I can't believe this. And that's the, the watchability thing, because this is one, provided that it's on a channel where it's uncensored, because if it's on, you know, yeah. the movie's oh, yeah. like 30 minutes long when it comes on TBS or something. But it's, uh, if it's on, like, I'll put it on, I can, I can always just, no matter where it is in the movie, I'll just leave it on till the end of the movie. You know, you can't stare them in the eye. They get confused. <laughs> 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 All right, so, number four. Four. Inception. Filibuster. Jeez. <laughs> Damn. So three of us have named Inception, right? Yeah. And it's still going up on your list. Yeah. All right. Uh, number four for me. This is a movie, one of those ones where I remember <coughs> the whole event of seeing it in a theater. And for me, it's a quiet place. Good one. It was very close Good to call. This list. Yeah. That movie traumatized me. It was so well done. I just thought it was an interesting concept. Very original. And they're very simple. Yeah, and, and scary as shit. So, uh, <coughs> and I'm very curious what the sequel is going to entail. Yeah, it showed how talented John Krasinski yes, really is. Yes, I, I posed that question, yeah. and the yeah. son of a bitch answered. Yeah, and an, another entry from Emily Blunt. Have you watched Jack Ryan? Not yet. I keep hearing how great it is. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not finished watching the second season of it, but it's right. it's excellent. But yeah, um, good call. I mean, the, just the way that the it was so clever the way they did the plot with the deaf daughter, how they would yes. be the perfect family suited to this crazy world, but. Uh, my number four is uh, About Time. I don't know what that is. <laughs> That's a very good movie. It's, on multi- it's, a, it's, a, 
I originally made a top 15, and it was number 12 on my list. Um, the thing for me, a lot of these movies are movies that, that speak to me in a certain way, yes. and About Time is is that movie. I, I, every time it comes on, I have to watch it. And it's, it's funny, and it's heartfelt, and you can just relate with his character so much. Because he's, he's a nice guy, but he's just very down-to-earth, and he kind of reacts to things, I feel like, the way I would react to them. And it takes a, a crazy concept and makes it such a simple, simple yeah. thing. What, what is the concept? The concept is basically, <laughs> there's a guy who's told on... Where is the intercom? There's a guy that's told, basically, by his father that all the men in his family can travel in time in their own lifespan. Is this with Ruffalo? No. no. Who's the act, the guy? Don Gleeson. Yeah. General really? General yeah. Hunt. And Bill Nye is dead. Yeah. It's a British movie. Yeah. Okay. Bow to the and first all, order. All they have to do, they, they have to go in a, in a, a quiet place, in, a, in a, like a closet or something like that, close your eyes and think about where you want to go, and next thing you know, you'll be there. And it's, it's basically like you have to decide what you're going to use it for, and there's consequences for it, and and all this stuff. And it's, it takes Does some, he try to make money? They, they talk about that. He said it never goes good. So he's, he's like, well, I mean, that's the first thing I would want to do. Well, no, but he says about the people that have tried to do that have never had any kind of luck. Yeah, it, it's always been like you know. You, you How's that become, possible? Like if I know who won you the last miserable chasing money. But if I know who won the last five Super Bowls, let's go back but and then you Well, did that you did you see eleven twenty two sixty three? Something will happen to stop you from making the bet. That's true. That was a really good series. Yeah, better. I've heard that. My sister said the but exact thing. About thing. Time is a very good movie. It's a phenomenal film, and if you haven't seen it, Ryan, you should definitely watch it. You taking notes because you haven't seen a couple. I know, right? <laughs> I'm such a loser. <laughs> All right, so that was what number? Four. <coughs> four. That was four. Top, Top three. three time. My number three movie is The Grand Budapest Hotel. That is also my number three. Oh, wow. Well, there you go. Well, it was my we'll number just, eight. We'll, we'll just we'll, we'll skip through until it gets right to your turn. So, so, what's your number three, Glenn? We'll talk, Greg, and talk about Grand Budapest. Right, this is a very special movie in my life. It's called Midnight in Paris. Oh, uh, made it. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't put this on. Pat, um, I passed the microphone. Yeah. My number three is The Social Network. Good one. It, it's yeah. it's on my honorable mentions. Yeah, okay. that you that you filibustered me when I, I said it earlier. So okay, so yeah, yeah, that I went with the Social Network. Uh, another movie that I was just uh, top to bottom. I loved every. I love the score of this movie so much. Oh yeah, yeah. It's so unique and so different. Um, it was the Trent Reznor did it, right? Yep, yeah, he did. Um, I this is when I first was introduced to Andrew Garfield, and I thought he was fantastic. He, just, he, uh, he stole. Know, I had no idea who he was, and he stole the movie. And I was. Uh, I, I just was. It was a subject matter that I was interested in, but had no idea everything that yeah. happened with this creation of Facebook. And I think that's a movie that's going to be living on for many, many, many years to come. I remember the thing that freaked me out about that movie was when I found out Army Hammer was just the one person. I, yeah. Same here. Because yeah. <laughs> that might have been one of the best special effects things ever. Yeah, I love low-tech effects that are really cool like that. Yeah. Great. But, yeah, great David Fincher pull. Um so my number three was Grand Budapest Hotel. Yep. Um, this Wes Anderson movies. I was talking to someone about this earlier at work. Um, they're the kind of movies where it's almost like a kid's taking their dreams and showing you what they wanted to show you when they were a kid. Mm-hmm. And this is no more so than Grand Budapest Hotel. And it's a movie that every like we must have watched it that year. Oh yeah. How many times? And, and I can still watch it uh, every yeah. time it's on. And it's, it's, I think it's, I've it's, only seen it once. 
poor man. And I, I, I will I will go out on a limb and say that Ray Fiennes' performance in the movie may be my favorite single performance of the decade. Uh, it's amazing. And I, I didn't love it as much as you guys. I liked it. Don't get me wrong. Well, the, the thing that I, I really... It's okay to be wrong. <laughs> the thing that I really um, liked about it and the reason I put it on my list was Wes Anderson movies can be very niche. Yeah, like. Yeah. You either are gonna get it or you are just Maybe gonna I didn't hate quite it. Get that one as much. And this one, it's almost like he pulled back a little, and he was a little more. Um, it was a little bit. You know, he grew up as a filmmaker a this little. This is the guy who did the Royal Tenenbaums. Right. Yeah. And see, I love that movie. Royal Tenenbaums and Rushmore, and I, I love all of them. I, I think this one, I, like Glenn's saying, it's polished. Yes. My favorite of his movies. See, I enjoyed Royal Tenenbaums more than this. Yeah, it's a little more polished. It's a little bit, I don't know, more grown up. I guess I'd almost compare it to like some of his earlier movies or like The Clerks and this is his Clerks 2 that's a good comparison yeah, yeah. but um I mean you're right it's just it's so funny yeah, every I mean, time I watch it I notice something random and new about the, something the in details it. in it yeah right. it's, it's phenomenal so is All this right. top 2 so my number 2 is Midnight in Paris oh yeah I <coughs> can't say how much I love this movie this was, this was I, me, I, me and my wife this was our first date if I could go back and take something off of here and put that on, I probably would. It's, uh... And this was a movie I will say. When I went in to see it, I didn't know anything about it. Neither did I. And that it was so all like I don't know the whole thing when Owen Wilson first gets into that taxi. We were laughing and saying something that would happen to our friend Shern. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, yeah, I went into this movie thinking it's a romantic comedy with, with uh, Owen Wilson and Rachel uh, McAdams. Rachel McAdams, and, and somehow Marion Cotillard is going to be involved in it. And that's all I knew. I didn't right. know anything about... And it was, it was, about and it was a Woody and, Allen And film. another thing that normalizes a ridiculous, kind of crazy premise. Yeah. And it's all to teach a lesson. Like, that's, it's a good sci-fi. Like, About Times is kind of a good sci-fi movie. This is a good sci-fi movie, too. And how can we talk about this movie without talking about... Dali. Salvador Dali. <laughs> Adrian Was this the first thing we ever saw Corey Stallin as Hemingway? He's amazing. And that's I, mean, he's, he's, I mean, I don't know if he did House of Cards before this or not, but this is the first time I knew who I noticed him. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he yeah, everything. And I mean, these people playing historical it's parts. It's Hiddleston. Yeah. Yeah. I, might, I don't think I've seen him in anything before either. <laughs> they're the Fitzgeralds. <laughs> Scott and Gerald. Yes, we're the Fitzgeralds. <laughs> I might go watch that tonight. <laughs> Who's up? Oh, is it? Is it? It's, is it going my, my number two. Yeah. All right, La La Land. Wow, it's really high. This movie. And again, yeah. I, I had said I factored in a couple of things, rewatchability and stuff. This movie reminded me of why I love movies. Did you mean Moonlight, really? Or <laughs> oh wait, there's been a mistake. <laughs> my number two is actually <laughs> no, no. So, but um, everything about this movie. And I mentioned Damien Chazelle made my list twice, but I just. This is one that I put on all the time at home. I'll listen to the soundtrack in the car. It's just, I don't know. It's when you, especially, like I said, it came out in 2016. And if you look at the movies, like even the one I mentioned on here, Hell or High Water, there was a lot of darkness. And this was just such a breath of fresh air. It was a feel-good kind of thing that where it portrayed Hollywood in this kind of bright kind of spotlight. Now, I know it was kind of, you know, very you know sensationalized or whatever but it just really made me fall in love with the movies again and the way that they're made and stuff like that and emma stone just bless her heart she just broke my heart in this film so i follow lands my number two so now my number two i went with harry potter and the deathly hollows part two. Oh, good choice nice um i felt like they tied together what 
I don't know how many years of movies. And the emotion of that movie was just over the top. You wanted a hug from Voldemort, didn't you? <laughs> Poor <laughs> the Draco. Mo- the most awkward hug ever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> everything from like Harry asking all of his family members who had died, does it hurt? Yeah. When he knows he's going to have to go die. It was just... The conversation with Dumbledore. Uh, and then the, the Snape memory thing, uh, it's, it's still tough to watch. Um, with Lily and everything, I mean, it's just always. A, yeah, it's an amazing movie, and Alec Rickman was as great as ever. <laughs> and I think Daniel Radcliffe doesn't get enough praise for his acting ability in this one because yeah. it was really good. Good call. My number two is Wind River. Wow, that, me and Greg saw that. That was a date, and, I, and that's honestly what I was about to tell. We went to this was a little bro date, and I I heard an interview with Jeremy Renner where he talked about this. And I'm like, oh, that sounds like an interesting movie, and I'm a sucker for Elizabeth Olsen, so why not? And we went and saw this, and I just told him a little bit about it, and I'm like, oh, that's what I know. And I expected to find a decent movie, and when we walked out of it, I just was like, wow. Yeah, I love movies that use the setting as another character. Yeah, and this movie definitely did that really well. And I just I, we walked out of it, and you're like, so that was that didn't suck. <laughs> that's high praise. Yeah. They, they, they should have put that on the poster. <laughs> that didn't suck, Ryan. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the awesome village. All right. Um, so, so my number one. I movie, guess we know what your number one is. It's Inception. Well, there we go. So it's all made all our it's lists. The only yeah. movie that made I think everybody's list. And I will say this came out in 2010, and this is the only movie I gave a 10 out of 10 to. When we used to write <laughs> reviews on our website, when we used to have the Austin Village website, it's without a question one of the most original movies I've yeah. ever seen mm-hmm. in my life. And again, continuity and meticulousness, and yeah, yeah. And actually, I was talking to somebody um, at work the other day, and this came up because we were talking about when Avatar came out and how people went to see it just to see like the new technology, and we're like, "When's the last time that happened?" And I'm like, "I think it might have been Inception." Yeah, the zero gravity fight scene. Because I remember when I go see movies, I kind of. Just try to get lost in the narrative and not think about how they're made. But I remember watching that in the theater when Joseph Gordon-Levitt's fighting through that yeah. hallway, and when it ended, I turned to I think it might have been John. And I'm like, how the fuck did they do that? Yeah. <laughs> but um, and that was we, that was one of the first times we saw a pretty much an unknown Tom Hardy. He that's came right. In and stole he every stood scene out. Yeah, he stood out. Because yeah, I mean, we knew him from Star Trek: The Nemesis, but yeah. that, Joseph Gordon-Levitt also. I mean, he was. He was fantastic. I mean, considering it was a Leonardo DiCaprio movie, I mean, he was... Which just made me suddenly realize that Don John should have been on the list somewhere. That is was, movie. was it this decade? I don't know. I don't know. It I should, be, like it it should be on the list of greatest movies of all time. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, you're right. Just And the, and the fact that if you look at the plot and, that, and take all the dream stuff out, it's your pretty much Ocean's Eleven like, heist yeah. plot. Yeah. But it's just, I mean, you're right. It's just fantastic. To, to quote Matt Damon, they science the shit out of it. Yes. <clears throat> What's your number one? My number one. So, like I said, when when I went through and started my criteria, I, rewatchability, how much I enjoyed it. And one thing that I, I said was, in 75 years, when people are teaching about the teens, what are they going to talk about? So my number one movie is Avengers Endgame. Because I can't think of them talking about the teens without bringing up the amazing... <coughs> job that Kevin Feige and the Russo brothers did at tying up this saga and it becoming the highest grossing movie of all time. I since Disney Plus has come out, I've put this movie on probably every day and watched the scene. So I mean what can be said about Avengers Endgame that hasn't been said? That's that's my number one movie you, of you the love teens. 
3,000. I cry in multiple scenes every time. I, I mean, it, and it's not just... And the thing is, I got emotional, but it's not just the death scenes. No, no, not at no. all. But I mean, it was like the portal scenes yeah, and yeah, stuff like that. One. And it did something kind of... I, I didn't think that was possible. <laughs> and I, and when I was putting this in number one, I, I actually thought of you, Ryan, because when um, Infinity War came out and you complained about the dusting, mm-hmm. and then when it paid off it, yeah it got you yeah, yeah so it, it actually worked. turned you something that you liked and, yeah. and, and into a and positive and a completely one of another the biggest movie. ones that i get the emotional about it is on the, on the portal scenes and it's not so much when you just hear sam say on your left yeah because i mean that that was awesome when i when i heard him say that i was like oh these guys are coming back it's when they start showing a few of the portals and but it's actually the one where you see t'challa come through the portal and then it pans back and you see the entire wakandan army behind him and you realize how big of a scale this is about right to be. Yeah, and then the That's, Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. show up, and then the, the Asgardians, yeah. and yeah, it's just I don't know. It just it it I don't know. I, I'm getting emotional thinking know, about right? it. My own demented sense of humor is my favorite part of that movie is when uh, the the Scarlet Witch goes up. And, <laughs> you yeah. took everything I don't even know who you are. <laughs> it's like that is in the middle of all this epic special effect. That just such a, a hilarious line. I was like, wow. So, but yeah, that's my number one movie of the decade: Avengers Endgame. All right, so this list was actually... It wasn't hard compiling the movies. It was hard for me to pick number one. And my number one, um, like you said, it ties into individual, how you feel about things. And to me, it has to be Toy Story 3. (coughs) Toy Story 4? No. (laughs) Because Toy Story 3 ended everything perfectly. I I would agree with that. That's Um, a good good poll. Like, just the emotion... I mean... it's the only time I can ever in my life remember watching a movie where child characters held hands preparing to die <laughs> and were like holding each other saying we're ready to go together. And I was like, what the hell is going on? I was like about to lose my shit. And um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Just the- in Big Bang Theory, Kaylee Cuoco makes fun of Leonard for crying in Toy Story 3. And he just responds with, they were holding hands in a furnace. <laughs> and I'm like, that's, that's, he's right. Yeah, he's right. I, I, I mean, that, that whole scene, even though, but to me, the really the bad part was the end. When Andy was showing all of his toys to the yeah. girl. And Bonnie. Basically saying goodbye. It was just so much about letting go and l- losing your child. Especially and like when she saw Woody and she tried yes. to get and he's like, that should have been there. And he like he kind of doesn't want to give Woody that away. Was the he's moment. an adult. That I mean, was the moment. It was like yeah. you don't want to let go of your childhood, but yeah. you know you have to grow up. And yeah. it was just so much about loss and letting go. I can't say enough about Toy Story 3. Yeah. Good movie. Uh, as much Good as you call. feel about that, my number one uh, is something that, I, that resonates with me a lot, which is the movie Her. Um, ah. This is a movie where the concept, when I first heard it, was, uh, oh, this is sort of odd, you know, the, the man who falls in love with his operating system. And if you take it at face value, then, yeah, that's you, that's all you're going to get out of it. But it's so much more than that. It's like, do we fall in love with the person themselves or the physical body? Because they have everything that, that, you know, a regular relationship would have. She just doesn't have a physical form. And it really is, if you want to talk, like, there's a line in Shakespeare in Love where, you know, Judy Dench is like, oh, you know, if you could make a play that, you know, clearly defines the meaning of love her is one of those movies that does that like it, it does it impeccably yeah and it really takes the, the the life of this character and this this woman that he can't touch and it really you know, it, it begs the question what is love and baby don't hurt me um, <laughs> but no I mean this movie like I, I watched it with my parents which was a little odd during the the you know voice sex scene but uh the, the entire film like it just it's the ending is so heartbreaking and the the whole the the message of this movie is is something that all that always 
take with me whenever I get into relationships or out of relationships. I was impressed how diverse our lists were. Definitely. Did any one of us have a Star Wars movie on our list? I, I, I was very. All right, here's, here's uh, which, which I should. With, I'll, I'll, I should, we should have said this at the beginning. And I, whenever I make these lists, I always recuse myself from even mentioning Star Wars lists. I take them out. Be like your top six movies would be Star Wars. Well, yeah. Well, well just because I know that I'm trying to be objective, and I can't when it comes to Star well, Wars. My honorable hmm. mentions that I had because I did originally break it down to fifteen rather than. 10, I mean, so I'll, I'll mention mine too. I had Ready Player One. On there, I had John Wick, which Ryan put on his list. Rogue One, I had About Time, which Greg had on his list, and Avengers Endgame. Okay, yeah, mine, because I had 15, too. Um, I had Baby Driver as 11, Man of Steel as 12. 13, I actually had Creed. 14, I had Argo. And 15, I had Coco. I had to do an honorable mention, because if you get on the top 10, you don't make it. If you're not first, you're last. Um, so you guys, please let us know what you thought of our list and what would be yours. That's yeah, what we'd like to see. If you go on the Facebook page or any of our social media. And, or just yell it at us. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah, in the streets. Um, <laughs> but yeah, good time, guys. So yeah. And, time and I think all, all of these should be their cinema, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, not, not your number one. The next time we see you, it will be 2020. We'll be in a new de- decade with uh, you know, in building our list for 2030 if we're still around. <laughs> In the year 2020. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. This has been Greg. John. Glenn. Ryan. We'll see you next week.